0: morning everyone i'm stepping into a stepping into something that the lord has pushed me into and i'm standing so he he will get the glory out of it when i think I am grateful to be here, grateful that the Lord would choose me to do this today, and thankful for Greg for allowing me to take this pulpit this morning, and I believe they're watching in Nigeria, and I welcome them. But I'm going to pray, and we're going to get started. Father, I thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. God, I know you know, Lord God, that this is not my favorite place to be, but I thank you for choosing me. Thank you for allowing me to be here and allowing me to to speak your word, Lord. Father, I don't ever want to speak anything unless you give it to me, Lord God. I don't ever want to Take this pulpit, Lord God, if, you, if you're not asking me to, Lord God. I thank you again for the opportunity, Father, and I thank you. And I pray, Lord God, that you will speak through me. Let every word that comes out of my mouth, Lord God, be from you and not from myself. I know you give me an outline, but God, if you want to change this and just scrap it, you are sovereign and you can do whatever you want to do. You know what your people need. You know what each and every one of us need to hear today, Lord God, including myself. I just thank you and praise you, my God, for this few minutes, God, that you will allow me to be here. In Jesus' name, amen. Manissa, um, can you pass me my glasses, please? I'm sorry. A few months ago, um, the Lord allowed me to go through something. I will say it that way because there's nothing in our lives that, the enemy can throw at us that the Lord does not allow it, us to walk through it. And at the time, I was, um, very confused. Didn't know what was going on. Didn't know what to think. I started questioning myself a lot. Questioning my belief. Questioning my stance. Questioning my, my, even my faith in the Lord. And one morning, early, I was sitting Sitting with the Lord, because I never give up on the Lord. We never give up. We just start questioning. We want answers. And when we don't get answers, you know, we run to him, which is the perfect thing to do. We don't just sit back and allow the enemy to take control. I um, I went before the Lord one morning um, while going through this. And he said to me, he said, um, you are in an identity crisis. And my church is going through an identity crisis. And it hit me really hard, and I'm thinking, I know who I am. And he said, no, you don't know who you are. You're going through an identity crisis because of all the questions I was going through, you know, asking him and going through with him. And then he started giving me pieces. I thought that was just for me. At that time, I thought it was just for me. I thought, okay, Lord, help me to get out of this rut that I'm in right now so I can move forward in you, so I can do what you ask me, me to do. And then he started putting this together, and then I was asked to be here today. I didn't want to do it, but I know God wanted it. I didn't want to stand here, but I know God wanted it. I said, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think I want to do this. Talk to somebody else. Have somebody else do it. But the Lord won't relent. So here I am today, and I pray that, I, that every word that I speak today will encourage your heart and encourage mine also. So I started studying. I started digging to see, okay, Lord, what do you have? What do you want me to know? What do you want your people to know when it comes to identity? And the first thing I, I, I did was, and this is, is um, me going according to his plan. I said, okay, let me see what Webster have to say about identity. You know, the, the world talks about identity all the time. So I said, let me see what Webster have to say about identity. And this is what Webster said. The condition of being oneself or itself and not another. He, be, he be, began to doubt his, his own identity. I'm saying, whoa, whoa. Lord, that's, that's a little strong. If you know who you are, why are you doubting your identity? So I went, I said, okay, Lord, let me see what the biblical reference for, um, identity is. And this is what biblically identity is. It says identity is a clearly defined definition of self. A clearly defined definition of self. For the Christian, identity formation is when a person seeks to understand who he or she is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So. From Webster. We try to make up our identity. In Christ. Our identity is formed. Through Jesus Christ. The identity that Jesus gives. Is something that we can cling to. it's something that we can hold on to. And nothing else. Because the world's identity can fluctuate to and from. To and from. You can lose it. You can lose it. You can be one thing today and another thing tomorrow because you identif- identify with certain things. The first thing the Lord told me is that people become who they, are, who they identify with. You may identify with your parents. You know, you have loving parents. You want to do what your parents do. You want to be like your parents. And, and lots of people say, I want to be like my parents. I want to be like my dad. I want to be like that person. I want to be like this person. The person you identify with is who you become. Friends, culture, heritage, work, that's who you, you identify with and that's who you stand with. That's who you stand firm with because you want to do the thing that a person do. You want to say the thing that a person say, which creates in you something that you want to, that you want to cling to and hold on to and you feel like, okay, this is going to get me where I need to go. When we accept Jesus, when we accept Christ as our Savior, He makes us part of his family. We become his children, God's children. We are adopted into his kingdom. We are adopted by the king of kings and the lord of lords. While studying, I learned this, that you can, you cannot, well, you can disinherit your biological child legally. You cannot disinherit an adopted child Why? Because you choose to bring that child into your family. So uh, an adopted child have more power or more legal rights to a family than a biological child. You can push your biological child away and the law won't come after you. But it will come after you for that child that that you choose to adopt. And we are adopted. We are adopted in the kingdom of God. Jesus made a way for us. When he adapted, when, when God adapted us into his, into his kingdom. But yet, we as believers walk around like paupers. He have everything. He has given us everything. But yet we walk around like paupers, begging for scraps here and there. Begging for scraps here and there. You know, and just looking for these things of the world rather than looking to Jesus. Looking to who he says we are. He In, in Exodus 12, God used Moses to bring the people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But he couldn't bring the, Israel, the Egypt out of the Israelites. He couldn't remove that mindset from the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. They kept looking back. The Israelites kept looking back because they were comfortable where they are. They were comfortable with the little grains that they were given. And they keep wanting to go back to Egypt. They form their identity with the things of Egypt, and not on the things of God. They form their, their their, as a matter of fact, Egypt has given them a name. When God had already given them a name as His chosen people, but Egypt has placed a name on the Israelites, and they call them slaves. And they agreed with that. They wanted to go back to that mindset of being slaves working for the Israelites and not choosing the name of God, not choosing their identity in Jesus Christ, in God, in the God that that created them, the God that made them a people. In Genesis chapter 27, verse 15 to 24, Jacob stole his brother's birthright because he wanted what his brother Esau had. As a matter of fact he wanted to be Esau because Esau was the first child and as the first child is identified by the father to receive everything that he had to give. So he wanted that. So he stole his brother's birthright, Believing that if he gets what his brother was supposed to have that he will find favor especially with his mother. He will find favor in his mother's eyes not knowing that God had a plan for him, God had a plan for him, but he wanted someone else's plan. He wanted to be identified as his brother, so he can walk and do the things that after his father blessed him as his brother. And and we 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 gonna if you I don't know if you can open your Bibles, that we can go to Genesis 32, 22 to 26, and it says this. I realize I don't need my glasses. <laughs> and he arose that night and took his and this is about Jacob and took his two wives his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over to the to the for, to the fort sorry i do need my glasses sorry and crossed over to the fort of Jabak. he took them sent them over the brook and sent sent over what he had then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, that is Jacob's hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have wrestled with God and with men. And I've prevailed. Jacob wrestled with God, with an angel, sent by God. At the end of the, at the end of the fight, as you saw, as you saw in the scripture, his hip got dislocated. He's left now lame because he wrestled with God. But at the end of the fight, because he wanted what God wanted for him, even though in his heart, way back then when he stole his brother right. That he probably does think, you know, if I get this, you know, God will be okay with me. But now that he's wrestling with God and he realizes it's some, someone from God, he said, "I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to let go, even if you made me lame. I want what you have." And God gave him a new name that will identify him with God—an identity chosen by God, an identity chosen. For the people of Israel. Jacob was now being asked to recognize. Who are you? Who are you? Where does your identity lies? Is it in the things that you feel that your brother received when his when you, you, father blessed you? Or is it in me? He was given a choice to identify with God and with no one else. We see the Israelite story and Jacob's story. God's intent was to get them, get them back to where he originally, what he originally had in store for them. And declared over that, that group of people that he is Lord and he wanted them to identify with him. The identity was not in Egypt where they came from. The identity was and should have been in God. It was stolen from the Egyptians. It was stolen from them. And cause them to be slaves for years. The bride, the children of God, if not careful, the, ideolo- the ide- ideology sorry of this world can have us circling like the Israelites did. It can have us going around in circles because we don't know who we are. We don't know whose we are. So, in fact, God wants us to be in a place where we know who we are. We need to be reminded that our identity is in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. If we don't, we'll be tossed to and fro in this world. We cannot allow the enemy to steal our, our identity. So, who are we as the bride of Christ? The world is asking us to identify with so much today. He's pushing our children, our grandchildren, and even us as believers. He has gotten into the into the into the church and causing believers to doubt themselves, to doubt who they are, to doubt everything that's around, that's around us. I'm, I'll tell this little story. It's just I had this family came to live with me for a period of time. Beautiful, well, beautiful family. Her, her mom moved, so was single, single mom. She moved from New York to Delaware because her daughter was into a lot of boys. She couldn't control her up there. So she moved, she moved her here. They stayed with me for a few months, and then they left. And one day I got a call, please, please help me. The mom is, is tell me, please help me, please help me. You need to pray for, for I'm not going to mention her name, pray for, for my little girl. And I, when I dig deep, I said, what's going on? She said, she came home yesterday and told me, That she's no longer a girl. She's a boy. Why? Because someone in the school, one of her friends in school, told her, you're not a girl. You're a boy. And you need to identify with that. You need to find yourself in this position. That's what the enemy is doing to our children. That's what he's doing to our grandchildren, our family and friends. We cannot we cannot allow the enemy to get get us in that, in that place where we don't know who we are in Christ. And we're shuffling back and forth as to what to believe and what not to believe. We must know. We must know who we are in Christ. So who are we? One, we are new creations. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us as himself to Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imparting, not inputting their transgression to them as has committed Committed to us. The world of reconciliation. Our new identity is sealed. It is sealed when we become. A child of God. We are brand new. Given a blank page. A blank page. Which God himself. Would start documenting. Our future. Documenting our life. Documenting the things. That. He desire for us. The old information no longer applies. It no longer applies because the old is gone. It's erased. It's deleted. No longer relevant in our lives. Our identity is so sealed when we become who we are in Jesus Christ. We cannot use old standards in our new lives. They don't fit. They don't apply. How can you be a new creation and want to use the things that we used to do in the past in the life, in this new life that we were given? We can't. We cannot. We are literally given given new life in Christ. We are given a new chapter in our book of life as a child of God. God made us a part of his family who collectively participate in the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. We, as believers, when we're converted, we take a new spiritual identity in Jesus Christ. Not in the world, but in Jesus Christ. We died with Christ. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in us. Our identity now must dominate every other identity that we may hear or think that we can step into. Our new identity must take over our old one. If it still exists, if it still exists, if we're still struggling with where we are, and we know that we're believers, we know that we are children of God, that new identity must take first, ehm, um, preference over everything else that we have, that, that we do. Our new identity is not something that we bring to the table. It is something that God did, did for us. It was given to us by God. We don't have the ability to be new creatures. Because if you think of yourself, when I think of myself, I go back and forth. I'll be one way today, I'll be one way tomorrow. I'll write today, I'm, I'm down tomorrow. Our identity can, can fluctuate back and forth. But when God gives us that, that identity, it's sealed. It is sealed in what, in what, he's, what he's doing for us. In taking on our new identity, we turn our backs on our past and set our face to heaven, allowing our Heavenly Father to bring us to a place where He desires and He wants to use us, and where we realize it's Him and Him alone that's, doing, that's working in us and through us. Who are we? We are chosen. 1 Peter Two, nine through ten, and this is the message version. It says, but you are the one chosen by God, chosen for a high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruction, instrument, sorry, to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the right, of of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. Given, when we're given this new identity, to be, we're given this new identity, sorry, to be an instrument for God. We're not given a new identity so we can just think that, okay, we're good. You know, everything is good now. We just sit and just enjoy this new identity that we're given. It's an identity where we speak for him. Where we have to go out and tell others. As the scripture said. Tell others what he did for us. Tell others that you can have this identity also. You can have what I have. But this is where you need to be. Because he did it for me. He did it for me. And he will do it for you also. In Matthew 6.13-19. Jesus asks, asks his disciples. Who do men say that I am? When Peter spoke the truth. Jesus declared that it was a revelation from the Holy Spirit. Our new identity is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. It's not something that, okay, someone came and told me, you have a new identity. No, if the Holy Spirit doesn't purpose in our heart, like speak to our soul that, okay, you're not what you used to be. You're this. I know Liz said in class this morning that, you know, you um, when the enemy comes at you and said okay, You are, your body is falling apart. This is not what she said, but kind of what she said. Your body is falling apart. What are you going to say? Okay, body just go fall apart. No, our identity would step up and say, no, that's not what my father said. That's not what my daddy said. He said that it's, it's by his stripes that I am healed. And he's given us that authority, that power to stand because of the identity we have in Christ to step out from behind that, that wall that that enemy is trying to put us behind and say, no, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to go around you and I'm going to stand in front of you and tell you that my God has given me new life. He has given me everything that I, that he desires for me, and I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to step in it. Ephesians 1, through 4-5 said. Just as he chose us as as him before the foundation of the world, that we should behold and without sorry turn my page, without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ in him in, to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Being chosen, give us a, give us privilege privilege with God and with men and a responsibility to stand as chosen people of God. God has selected you and I for a special purpose in His kingdom. It is not something that we can earn but a gift of grace that was given to us by God himself. He chose us. He chose us For such a time as this. As chosen children of God. We are called to be his ambassadors. Spreading the good news of salvation. To a hurt. Lost and dying world. Being chosen come with a responsibility. As I just said. To live a life. Of purity. And a life that's pleasing to God. We can choose. Whether we want to live. A life of debauchery. When it comes to being. A child identified by Jesus Christ. Being chosen. Give us access to the Holy Spirit power. Who empowers us. To do the, the, the things that God is calling us to do. Living this life can only be accomplished. When we identify with the one. That made the path clear for us. We can't do this any other way. We can't do it any other way. But to be linked with God and to be identified with Him. Who are we? We are elected by God. In Col- in Colossians three twelve, and this is the amplified. Clothe yourself, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, His own picked representative, who are purified and hold and well-beloved by God himself, by putting on behavior marked by sorry someone that I can see, some I can't tender-hearted, pity and mercy kind feeling a lowly opinion of yourself gentle ways and patient which is tireless and long-suffering And has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. The elect of God are chosen, selected, set apart for God. Not because of who we are or think we are, but because of who and what he's done for us. And God gave me this idea. He said, the world needs a passport to go wherever you want to go. Once you have that passport, you can enter any country if they allow you to. In the kingdom of God, there's only one name that we can identify with, that would identify us as children of God. One name only, and that's Jesus Christ. He is, for a better word, our passport into the kingdom of God. He is our access to all things that God has for us. We can't go anywhere. We can't do anything without him. He orders our steps. He guides us when we identify with him. He directs our paths when we identify with him. He allows us to use his power to defeat the enemy when we identify with him. We can't do that outside of the identity that we have in him. Our society presents us with so much to choose from. Jobs, to be identified with the The best of the best, the amount of money we have in our bank accounts, big homes, exotic cars, designer clothing, all that we believe give us what we need in this world and make us who we are in this world if we're not identified with Christ. And one thing the Lord showed me that we often transfer a different list when we become believers. We gotta pray for nine hours, read our Bible for ten, volunteer for two. All of those things are good. But it's not good if we're doing it with the wrong mindset. It is not good when we, when we don't identify God as the one that's gonna lead us to do those things. The Holy Spirit is the one that's gonna guide us to do those things. We can't identify, we can't do those things and do it well for the Lord if we're not identifying That he's the one, he's the guide, he's the director of our lives. Our election and calling have nothing to do with how much we do and 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 where we go. All have to do with God. And he's the one that's going to direct us every step of the way for everything that he desires us to do. But we have to be connected and identify with him. There is joy. When we come to the realization of who we are and whose we are, we are, we are elected people. We are chosen people. We were adopted by him, loved by him, and given a place and new identity in Christ. Loved beyond measure. Who are we? Who are we? What do people say about us? What are people saying about you and I? I mentioned Jesus' Acts the disciples, and, and I'll read it. It's uh, Matthew 16, verse 13 to 19. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? The son, the, the son of, who do men say that the Son of Man? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elisha, And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, You are, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you bind in, in heaven, and whatever you bind what, what earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Did Jesus ask that question of his disciples to boost his ego? Did he want to look like a big tough guy? No. What he was trying to do is to get his disciples and to get us to see truth. To see that we're nothing without him. To see that we need him. And if he's the son of God standing before you, and you're not identified with him, where would that take you down? That path would that take you down? A terrible one. The church must be built on the truth of, of who Jesus is. Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was leaving. He knew he was leaving unless he gave the disciples something to hold on to. Because he was leaving them. And he wanted them to be so secured in their faith in him. That he asked them that question so they can give him an answer. So he can give them the truth that only he can give. Peter's revelation from God through the Holy Spirit was able to accurately declare the truth about Jesus We cannot truly know who Jesus is without revelation. Revelation knowledge from the Holy Spirit. You know, as believers sometimes, you know, we, you go to the altar and you accept Jesus Christ. And then you walk away. Not being fed, not being nurtured, not being told that, okay, now you have a Holy Spirit living in you, allow him to lead you. Allow him to guide you. Talk to him about the decisions that you need to make. And let him show you what you need to know about him. Then we can move forward. Then we can go where he wants us to go, what he wants us to do in, in this life. After Peter declared who Jesus is, Jesus told him who he was and gave him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. We will not be able to do anything, anything, unless we know our our identity in Jesus Christ. There's nothing we can do unless we can stand secure in Jesus Christ. Satan's goal is to take away the glory from the one true God. He does not want us, he does not want us, want you and I, sorry, who are in Christ. To know the truth. He wants to steal our identity. And place his corrupt identity on us. If he succeeds. In getting us to focus on the now. Rather than the the eternal. He won. You don't have to do anything else. Our choice. Our decision. To choose Christ and identify with him. Brings God glory. If we don't. Then Satan is throwing a party because he got us exactly where he wants us to be. Christians walking around not knowing who they are. Christians walking around not believing that they have the power to defeat the enemy. That's not what God has, has given us new identity for. He wants us to identify with him so we can be true warriors for him and be a force against the enemy in this life. We try to fit at times. We try to fit out ide- our, the world ideology by doing things we observe that seems popular. Things that, that everyone seems to enjoy. Stuff like using money to get what you, what you want. Drugs. Hanging out with friends that seem to be having a good time. Doing things that are totally against God's will for you and I lives. We allow the enemy to get into our into our minds with thoughts like, I'm not good enough. I'm not loved. I'm not worthy of what God is calling us to do. All these negative thoughts constantly bombard us, our minds, and take us down the path of destruction, which eventually leads us to wrong identity, which leads us to a place where we identify with the wrong people and the wrong things and the wrong everything else that you can think. what we are really doing is trying to figure out who we are and who we belong to. By running here and there, we're trying to figure out, okay, maybe I need this to help me know who I am. Maybe I need that to fit in here or to fit in there. That's not what God wants for us. That's not what God wants for us. There's a longing in our hearts to find truth about ourselves. The fact is, Jeremiah 31, 3 said, we are loved. We are beloved of our Heavenly Father. No matter what we do, God loves us. When we are called, when we, when he accepts him. He loves the people that don't accept him. But we are loved dearly when we come to know him as Lord and Savior. It is our responsibility. It is our our responsibility, and i say it again. It is our, our responsibility to choose Christ and identify with him. God's not going to force us to choose him. He allows us to make choices. But we have to choose to identify with him. So this life that we live will bring him glory. And do a whole lot of good for us. I'm not a long speaker, so I'll end with this. <laughs> We were given a new name. Jesus did that for us. We are now identified by his name. The name above every other name. Let's hold tightly to our new identity. We may stumble and at times forget who we truly are. But as we stay in his word, pray, worship, seek him diligently, he will lead us and show us our true identity. He will lead us to what he has called us to be, his children, restored to the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The only identifier that we need, the only lasting identity that we need, is nothing else that will satisfy. Nothing else that can bring us the peace that we sometimes seek in things, and in others. Nothing that can do for us what Jesus can do for us. We need our identity secure in him and him alone. In our new creation, in our chosen state, in our adopted state, we need to identify with Christ and Christ alone, or we'll be stumbling to and fro in this life as believers. God didn't call us as believers To flounder. He didn't call us as believers. To wander. Who he is. And what he's doing. He didn't call us as believers. To be in situations where we have no business being in. He called us to walk uprightly before him. He called us to be pure. In him. Because we can't do it without him. We cannot do it without him. We need to know in who we are. We need our identity be linked, be connected to Christ and Christ alone. And only He and He alone can guide us. Only He and He alone can see us through this life until we reach Him in eternity. Because our identity is forever. No matter which one you choose, it's for eternity. And if we choose Him, we'll see Him in eternity. If we choose the enemy... I don't know where that is, and I don't even want to know where it is, because God is the one that we desire. He is the one that we have accepted, and if we accept him, then choose to link with him. Choose to link arms with him, no matter what your situation in is, no matter how bad your situation is, no matter how terrible the things you're going through feels right now. It's all for a purpose, and he will direct and guide us into all truth. Amen? I'm going to ask Rich to close us out. And I just wanted to say this. There was so much that the Lord showed me, and maybe over time I'll share more. But when I started writing and writing, he just stopped me at this point. Because he knows what we need to ruminate on. He knows what we need. Because you get too much, sometimes you lose it. So you just need to just... And this is for me too. Because when I was struggling, I didn't even know know who I was until I ran to him. And he was able to walk me through and tell me that, you know, you're my child. You don't have to accept this crap that's going on in your life. Sorry to say crap online. But you don't have to accept the things that the enemy is throwing at you. You are my beloved. And I have everything for you. Just walk uprightly before me. And I will do it. Amen? Amen. Come on, up, church.
1: Thank you, Wendy. That was... That was awesome. You know, as I'm sitting there taking this in, just remembering... How God reached out to me when I was in the devil's grip and he loved me so much, as Wendy is saying, and he gave me a new identity. That identity is Jesus and I am in Christ. My life is hidden with God in Christ. Greater is he in me than he that's in the world. And I have been bought with a price, and I am not my own. I belong to Jesus now. That's the place to hang out. That's the place to rest. That's the place to believe. Father, we just thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the power of your word that brings change in our hearts. Thank you for Wendy sharing what the Lord has given her. Bless her for that, Lord, and bless the word into our very midst. And encourage us to be strengthened with might in our inner man, strengthened in the grace found in Christ Jesus, for we are his and his alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.